Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in, listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Good morning. Well, let's stand to our feet and hold our Bibles up high and just make our Bible confession. For those of you that's your first time here, this is just a way of opening our hearts. It's kind of like every one of us are praying, saying, God, this is what I want. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what the Bible says I can do. Today, I'll be taught the Word of God. And I boldly confess, my mind is alert, my heart is receptive. This never be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. This is the last sermon in the series on vision. And uh, I hope that today I can walk through this teach-wise, uh, teaching it uh, the way it would, uh, in ways that it will help you. We began with every vision begins leaving. If you don't, declaring. And I want to say this as we conclude this, the words of your mouth are critical to the success of your vision. If you wake up negative, naysaying, declaring negative things, you'll live a negative life. And life, as Pastor Mark's already said, sometimes you're just pressing through, you're just getting through. And I wish every day the wind was at my back and the sun was in my face and the temperature was a perfect temperature. But most of the time, I've found that the best of times come from the worst of times. Because God begins to do things in us in the difficult times that get our attention. Now, I didn't say he causes those, but they get our attention. So we have to be very, very patient to say, God, what, whatever dream you've deposited in my heart is worth the time investment of my life. And I'm going to be patient to make it happen. So patience is the foundation. The second thing is purpose. And I wrote these words, and it'll be a little redundant, but it's a little catchy. Do life on purpose with purpose. Even people who have purpose must purpose to do their purpose. Even people who have purpose must purpose to do their purpose. It happens on purpose. And so often we have a dream, we have a vision, we have a desire. There are things in our lives that we want and we want to achieve, and somehow, and this is, this is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go spiritual here on this, Satan's plan is not to just take you out, but to, to gradually woo you out away from the purpose of God. Yeah. And he'll do that using distractions, and I'm, I'm going to be really bold today, but I'm going to tell you, if a person cannot commit one day a week to the house of God or one morning, their purpose is greatly waning. Now, I know this is old school, and we got online viewers, and I'm glad you're online viewing, but listen to me. We cannot overcome in life outside the power and presence of God. And that power and put you on earth. This is why you're here. And, and so the idea of Vision 2020 is for each one of us to work really hard to identify why we are on earth right now in 2020. 
Now, for me, that's been a no-brainer for years. I'm called to preach the gospel. There have been seasons I didn't want to. There were seasons I was okay not doing it. And, and, and yet, I can't imagine not preaching good news. I think I'd have to go anywhere. I just got to tell the story of Jesus Christ. And I've got to encourage people to rise above the bitterness and the anger and the frustration that comes when you start planning. So the minute you start designing your life, trust me, it's like a little kid walking up to your iPad, putting his finger on your iPad to try to distract you. That's what the devil does. No, no, you don't need to do that. That's too big for you. It'll never happen for you. Your family can't do this. And that's how it works. So you have to keep purpose before you. So turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 8, verse 28. And I love this, this scripture, and it says... And we know. Those three. And we know. Do we know? Paul is saying, as he writes this, and we know. He's assuming, as he's communicating to the people of Rome, this is what we know. That in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. The only way that patience really operates is by, and we know. God, I don't know why it's not happened yet, but we do know this. He'll work all things together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. We have to know the purpose of God. We have to know that he's going to work things out in order to remain patient. I told Susan, I said, you know, when I was younger, I was so aggressive. I was so type A. And nowadays, I oftentimes, it will look like I'm not thinking about something, and I'm probably not because I've turned it over to God. And I'm patiently, that will be totally redemptive and pleasant to everybody. You say, it's a pipe dream. No, it's a God dream. God wants everybody's life to be fulfilled and complete. But you got to know what you're shooting for if you're going to know you're going to have success. you got to know. And so in, in Philippians 2... Verse 12, it says, Therefore, my friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. God wants that purpose in life fulfilled. Rick Warren said the basic premise of the purpose-driven paradigm is for, and this is for a pastor, for a pastor to recognize and be obedient to God's purpose for his people, his church, and organize around developing these characteristics in the lives of people within his care. To be purpose-driven is to be driven by God's purposes, not our own. When we established our purpose for being Mosaic Church, which is we're going to create a culture of love, grace, and mercy, that was dropped and deposited in me from heaven, where God's basically saying, these are the things that must happen at Mosaic. People must feel loved when they come in, they must experience grace when they do wrong, and they must be able to embrace the mercy given them by the people of the church. You know, when you're nice to people who have done wrong, oftentimes it makes them even more mad because in their mind they don't deserve it. We operate by that principle, that premise of, you know, I, I don't deserve it. Can I tell you something? None of us deserve anything good. Except that God sent Jesus and through him all good things come. And so when you design your vision, every all hell, when you write something down and you purpose in your heart to do it, 
all the gates of hell will try to come against you, but the Bible says they will not prevail. So don't, don't expect, if you don't want to fight the good fight, do not have a vision for 2020. If, if you're like, because I'm, I'm telling you, of the little minions of hell will come to stop you. The minute you commit to forgive, there will be ten people who will try to offend you. The minute you purpose to forgive, trust me, you're going to have more opportunities to forgive than ever. The minute you purpose to be patient, God help you. You'll get stuck in traffic. You'll get stuck in long lines. Why? Because you ask God to help you with patience. And God's saying, I'm just helping you. You had maps on your phone. You knew that this was a trafficked red area. Why did you go there? And I tell you, I quit asking for patience a long time ago, but it's still working. Without request. Purpose keeps us focused while we are waiting or being patient. If I can know the reward of being obedient and, and the purpose behind God putting me here, it helps me have patience to follow through. Our purpose is the cornerstone of all that we do. I'm not going to expound on them, but it'll give you something in your Bible study this week. Number one, direct focus on one thing. When you write something down, everything else needs to pale in comparison to what you've written down. If your idea is I'm going to attend church consistently, uh, I promise you, you'll have more golf partners than you could ever hope for. And I'm not saying it's, it's wrong. I'm not saying you're wrong to go God. That's not what I'm saying. I'm asking you, what do you want in 2020 and how bad do you want it? Because you cannot have what you want without giving up some things. You may have to give up some friends. You may have to give up time somewhere else. But how desperate are you to have what you really want? I'm telling you right now, those watching online, those of you in here, everyone in here has that one thing that they cannot shake it's that one desire that one purpose and, and and what happens is all the things around you will distract you from that i'm going to do a series on social media and i'm going to blast it susan and i were just looking at our time on social media before church today and, and I, I'm, I'm real big on this when you go to bed at night if you're a husband and wife put your stinking phone away you got to have purpose. I'm going to sleep because you're exhausted in the morning. What am I doing wrong? You're staying up all night. There are things we have to give up in order to, get, to achieve the things we really need to achieve. This is not like a spiritual spanking or anything. This is just a reality of I want things this year to be different than last year. Personally, in the church, in friends' lives... I want more joy. I want more peace. How do I get more joy and more peace? By not reading people's vents. And getting all negative and impeachment trial. Everybody, You know, listen folks. God's in charge. Nancy Pelosi's not. Okay, so anyway. I just got political up in here, didn't I? 
It's, I mean, I'm not even, I'm not pro, any, I'm just saying, I'm so exhausted. And, and I have to watch it because I'm reading, I'm reading, I'm reading, I'm wanting to follow. And I'm thinking this is a distraction and yet I got to know how to pray. I'm going to pray the same way I have ever since I've been a pastor for every president. God, you're in charge. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Not the will of people that hate each other on both sides. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Self, self-compassion. Practice self-awareness. Be present in the now. Yesterday's problems and the future that's unknown create suffering. The only way we don't suffer is living in the now. I can handle now. What about tomorrow? My company's laying people off. I, and all of a sudden, here come the distractions. You forget your purpose. Your purpose is to pursue God. Not the things of God, but to pursue God himself. And inside God are the things of God. So when we begin to pursue promotion, money, whatever it is we're pursuing, it's not that those things are wrong. The love of money is the root of all evil, not money. But whenever we begin to pursue things in our own strength and power outside of God, even if we get them, we're not going to enjoy them. The things that we will enjoy are the purposes of God that are at work in our lives. We'll find fulfillment. Show up to life with passion. Live a purpose-driven life. Learn to give and receive. Can I tell you something? It's as hard for some people to receive as it is for some people to give. I was one of those people that could not receive. I loved to give, but I couldn't receive. And I woke up one day, and God forced me to learn how to receive. I had too much pride, I guess. I thought that, you know, I don't need your help. And uh, what opened my eyes was when... A person in the church gave me my first brand new vehicle and was embarrassed and ashamed. I didn't want to drive it because I thought, I don't deserve this and how am I going to answer to everybody? And God said, you care more about what people think than what I think. And I went, I'll drive this thing with joy now. I'll put a flag on it. <laughs> because I realized I wasn't good at receiving. I always had a problem with it. And it was, it was pride, it, it, whatever it was. I, don't, I, I just had to deal with it. So, You have to learn to both give and receive. Listen to understand, not to argue, not to refute. I mean, this is where our passions get us in trouble. We want to win an argument instead of understand a person. We're called to understand people, not to win an argument. I'm going to need some help up here on the front row today. Jesse, elbow your girls there. Thank you. God bless you, man. It's too quiet in here. I thought I was at Mosaic Baptist. It's today. I realize that. God loves the Baptist. Brother Osteen used to say. Subtract, not add to your lives. This is key in vision. Subtract. Don't ask yourself, what can I add to 2020? Say, what can I take away that was in 2019? What are the things that, that, that distracted me? What are the things that annoyed me? What are the things that hurt me? What are the things that offended me in 2019? Because those things become weights that you carry that slow down your progress and keep you from your destiny. What are the things we can get rid of? Subtract. In other words, reducing all that's going on in our lives to a focus on what God 
wants us to do in 2020. Then number 10, set goals with deadlines. Don't just say at some point, say by this point, here's what I'm going to be doing. I love this time of year because I watch everybody that, number one, they get gym memberships and they go for three weeks. And I guess after three weeks when they don't see the results they want, they quit. Then the other one is the people who want to quit smoking. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. But, but at what point... You, are you gonna you're gonna say okay? I'm not smoking all in 2020. I may consider 2021, but 2020 I'm not lighting up at all. I'm just saying you got you got this deadline. You go. I'm I'm gonna make it happen right now. But it's a commitment in that you have to go. Okay, I when I was 40 years old, I look like at 60. As eating and exercising, I just said I am not. I'm gonna die someday. But I'm going to die with a smile on my face and strength in my body. That was my, I said, I'm going to purpose physically. That was one of my physical goals was to stay healthy. And the purpose behind it was this. I felt like I was cheating my spouse if I did not take care of myself. I'm cheating Susan and saying, well, you know, I'm just going to be old sloppy and you can just deal with it. And she looked at me like, mm-mm. <laughs> and I just told her, I said, I, I don't expect you to wheel me around. I'm going to fight the good fight. That's what Paul said. My purpose is, is pure that I want, first off, to be able to stay healthy enough to declare the glory of God. And that when people look at me at 70, they, they look and they think I'm 50 just because I'm happy, not because of lack of wrinkles. Though I'm going to work on that all I can. I, I want to be the Dick Clark of pastors. Man, if it's out there and it can fix it, get her done. Yeah, someday I'll walk in here looking 48 and you'll be going, what happened? I handled it. Sometimes you just, got to, you just got to get out there and say, I don't care what anybody else says. This is what I'm doing. This is my purpose. I'm going to do this, this, and this. People that have been successful chose to be successful and then made it happen by first nailing down their vision. Nailing it down. They don't ask for permission and they don't search for acceptance. You don't have to ask for permission for you to write down what you dream of, what your goals are, and, and say, is this okay? It's between you and God. And get these words. When somebody says, I feel hurt. And so what we have to recognize is that if somebody comes against your vision or your dream, or you feel like you have to have their permission, you're never going to live the dream. You just need God's uh-huh. That's the newest translation. Uh-huh. All of his promises are uh-huh. Yes and amen. Uh-huh. The successful individuals I surround myself with, I didn't, this is not my writing, somebody else, 
I surround myself with didn't win by getting angry or using force. So you don't get angry. You don't use force. You, you're purpose-driven. You're not anger-driven. You're not prove-it-driven. You are purpose-driven. Where your goals now, you don't get frustrated at people say it'll never happen. Uh, you're waiting. You're waiting. You're waiting. And you say, I can wait until Jesus comes back if I have to. I am not letting go. You become one who wrestles with God. And say, God, I'm wrestling because you put this in me. And I'm not letting go until you bless me. You have to have tenacity. Pray, we will working. Mother Teresa put it this way, if we pray, we will believe. If we believe, we will love. If we love, we will serve. Now, when I say serve, you say, well, what's that have to do with purpose? Everybody on earth is called to be a servant. So let me just, I've already jumped into everything today. I'm just going to go ahead and jump in again. for you in return write them down I want to serve because that's what we're created to do talking to Susan on the way to church I said I can't I can't I know we have some new retirees and I'm happy for you new retirees but I think somebody would shoot me if I retired I can't sit still. I can't just do nothing. I can't, I, you know, I, it's just not in me. There's got to be a fight every morning that I get up. It's like the lion and gazelle. One of them ain't going to win. The gazelle's going to outrun the lion or outsmart, or the lion's going to catch it and kill it. But they both wake up desperate every day, one to eat the other, one to not be eaten. So I don't know which one you are, the lion or the gazelle, but if you're the gazelle, run. fast because you are no match for the strength of the king of the jungle so if you have to wake up say my purpose is to not be caught today and I'm not talking if you're running from the law it's all good girls so ask Jesse the story anyway are you going to ask them they'll tell you it's awesome so there's purpose. Now, I'll conclude the series with passion. And, and so often, passion becomes everything when people talk about vision, when they talk about life. And passion is very important. But passion without patience, passion without purpose is as dangerous as putting a loaded gun in the hands of someone that doesn't know how to use it. It's gone out the window. It's purpose. And in a world where purpose has gone out the window, passions have risen, people no longer have any perimeters, and without a vision we perish, and others perish. It's very important that we understand passion is critical, but only if it comes with patience. And you just have to realize that these are the things in life that keep us moving forward instead of just moving sideways. You know, sideways energy is what we call people without purpose may have energy and may have passion but oftentimes it goes sideways what are you giving yourself to that's making a difference in other people's lives not just yours 
but you're making a difference in somebody else's life. Zig Ziglar put it something like this. If you want your dreams to come true, all you have to do is help others make theirs come true. It's the principle of sowing and reaping. And that does come with a need for passion. You need to have a passion for things. A friend of mine wrote, an important vision question is, what do I see in my future? It's a good question to ask. What do I see? An important passion question, in addition to the vision question is, what energy am I willing to put forth for what I want? What energy am I willing to put forth for what I want? What time am I willing to spend? You know, it's, it's interesting that you, you have incredible athletes. reasons I like sports is I played them all, all of my life. And I was, I was pretty good. But then I, I, I went to the next level uh, to attempt to play college baseball. And when I got out on the field, I realized I was not good enough. I went, wow. And so I had this great appreciation for the great ones. I, I just have this appreciation. And, and I, I, I love watching them. But, but I remember the story. I think it was, I don't know, maybe, uh, uh, no, it was Lee Trevino, I believe, that, you know, Lee Trevino was a professional golfer. My dad used to golf and watch golf all the time. And somebody said, you know, all of a sudden, he came out of nowhere. And they said he was an overnight success. And Lee Trevino said, it was sure a long night. In other words, I've been hitting golf balls by the hundreds while y'all are sleeping or while y'all are out playing or out watching a movie. I've been working on my vision. I've been working on my dream. And he became it. While the world didn't know who he was for decades, he comes on the scene and blows up and they think he's an overnight success. There's no such thing as an overnight success. You know, I've talked to people on, I've done, you know, I do series on giving. I try to every year. I haven't done it in a couple of years, but I'm going to do one this year. But I've talked to people. I said, you know, when you begin to tithe, it may take a little time for you to see what you hope to see. Yeah. It's not like you're going to oftentimes tithe one day and next day you got this harvest. That's as dumb as dropping an apple seed in the ground and going out expecting an apple tree tomorrow. Only God can do that if he wants to. But the reality is, this is where patience and purpose comes in. My patience is, God, I trust you with what I'm giving you. My purpose is not to even get it back. My purpose is obedience. Now, you tell me if I'm obedient, I'll eat the good of the land. So my purpose remains willing and obedient, and the fruit of that is up to God. So your vision is the same way. Is God, I, I, I'm patiently focusing on the purpose for which I was put here and I've written it down and I have a passion to see it come to pass and that passion drives you back to the purpose. You don't even have to, oh, yeah, I've got to, you know, I've, I've, I've got to do this today. I've got to do that today. It's like the great ones don't say I have to. They say, I get to become better today. I get to become better because I have focus. Passion is defined as an energy that propels us towards some goal or objective. Passion certainly includes our emotions, a decision, it's a compulsion. Passion is not merely an interest, it's an obsession. It's not something we make time for, 
It's something that we work everything else around. I made the mistake of acting like I was busier than a very good friend of mine one time. And I'm making excuses for not getting together, not calling, whatever. This was years ago, and I'll never forget what he said. People always find the time to do the things they really want to do. If you say, well, you know, I'd love, we'd love to get with you. We'd love to go out sometime. And you've been saying that to somebody for a year. It's kind of a lie. Because if you really wanted to, you would. So here's what I'm saying. Be honest. And, and you know, I've had to be honest. I've, I've, I've subtracted friends because I knew that their friendship was not going to get me to my purpose. And it wasn't my purpose, it was God's purpose resident in me. They weren't bad people, they're not at fault. If I continue to let them be a distraction, I'm the one at fault. If my vision doesn't come true, or my destiny, or my dream, it's nobody's fault but my own. I have to own that because I know what to do to get there. say, I want to be the top, you're number 10 on the list. I promise you, you can go ask the other salespeople, how often, how much do you work? They're going to say 50 to 60 hours. So do you really want to be the best? Do you really want to be the top? Because if you do, it's probably going to require that you go there too. But you have to make that decision. I had a friend one time who owned his own business. He had a little courier business and, and he was busy all the time, but he went home every day at three o'clock. And I asked him, I said, dude, you, you got people waiting on you. you. You could add a driver. You could add two drivers. He said, I don't want to. I want to make just enough money to live the way I'm living. And you know what? I respected him for that. He said, this is what I want. And he designed his life around how he wanted to live his life. You can't get critical of anybody who does that. It was his vision, his dream. As far as I know, he's still living that way. So you have to design it for yourself. So I'm a distraction to him if I continue to say, dude, you got to change. What I've got to do is say, you know, I really respect that. He had two kids, lived in a little house, just happy. They're good church people. And that's how he's lived his life. Find out what it is God wants you to do. Matter of fact, let me put it this way. Let's just say that some of you are very, 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 very happy with your life right now. You say, well, there's nothing I want to change. Sure there is. You just want, you want to be able to help more people. You want to be happier. I say happier. Have peace. I mean, can you ever run out of more peace? I mean, all you have to do if, you, if you, your peace is, is getting on you, just go drive Northwest Expressway at 5 o'clock on Wednesday. <laughs> that way you'll appreciate your peace and you'll ask for more. Passion is hard to contain, challenging to control. It's like a wild animal. Passion is difficult. Passion is the adrenaline of vision. Nelson Mandela said, There is no passion to be found playing small in settling for a life that is less than the one you are capable of living. Now, playing small is relative. You could line 10 people up and, and define what small is to them, and it would be different. The idea is 
What are you capable of? That's the question. What are you capable of? Then I'm going to conclude with these thoughts. Do you lose track of time when engaged in the activity you love? My son can play the piano and nope, the world disappears to him. He's an incredible musician. He plays professionally and singing. And I, I, it's my son. He's 33 now. And I just, I was so moved for the first time. He was my worship leader for years and, and just a great young man. And I remember when he was four years old, I made a commitment to all my kids because I played ball, played piano, played guitar, but we were too poor for me to do both. And my parents came to me and said, you're going to have to pick which one you're going to do. Well, at that time, I loved sports so much. It was a no-brainer for me when I was young, so I quit playing, picked up the guitar again, never picked up piano. So I purposed that my kids would all play. And they would complain at seven years old and eight years old. I said, you know what? When you're 18, you can quit. Until then, you're going to play. Because it's easy to quit and walk away from something than to catch up 15 years where you didn't play or however long. Well, now, guess who's the hero? <laughs> My son gets lost in music. But you know what? It, I had to deposit in him, son, it's going to take discipline and time. And now he's lost in it. Plays all the time. He'll just sit at home. He'll be in his home playing. When he moved out, I was one of the saddest dads in the world. I'd wake up to him playing the piano. I'd, I'd hear him during the evening when he'd get home from school. It's about finding that place. Do you perform beyond your normal capabilities when engaged in what it is you love? Is your energy level higher when you're engaged in that? Whatever it is. Do you get excited in anticipation of engaging in your dream? Or is it a drudgery to you? Do you feel more confident or empowered while engaged in it? You see, passion requires discipline. Jeremiah said, for uncontrolled passion is a fire which consumes to destruction, ruin, and the place of final torment. That fire once lighted would rage until all is consumed and would burn to the... When I talk about vision, the way you control passion is that you patiently every day wait on the Lord and renew your strength. You have purpose that keeps you inside the boundaries of the vision you possess. And that passion is stronger under that kind of pressure. We just had a hot water heater replaced at our house and I was talking to the guys replacing it. And they said, you know, the danger of a hot water heater, and we've all heard stories, horror stories, is the pressure gets so strong, they said, we've seen them blow through ceilings because that pressure is contained. It's like that passion or pressure contained in us becomes stronger because we don't just let it leak out everywhere. When you get angry, when you have rages and road rages, and, and that's passion that's uncontrolled. And when you have uncontrolled passion, you don't have any energy left when you get home to do what you've dreamed of doing. Great passion is needed for great vision. So what do you want? What are you willing to give your time to? 
What are you willing to do to see different results in 2020? Because at the end of the day, it's not your mom and dad or your grandparents or how you were brought up. I mean, that affects, maybe makes it more difficult. But the reality is, at the end of each of our lives, we will be responsible for the good, the bad, and the ugly. Because we all are empowered to choose. Somebody says, you make me mad, you irritate me. That's really not your problem, it's theirs. Which means that the Holy Spirit may not have filled their life enough to prevent that. You take someone full of God and there's no room for anybody else. At least in that space. So when somebody says that to me, I say, I'm so sorry that I have bumped the Holy Spirit off the throne of your heart. You're giving someone power. I say, well, you just irritate me. Wow, I'm all that in a bag of chips. Let me see what else I can do. Don't give anybody that kind of power. And don't let anybody blame you for their deficiencies, their defects, and their flaws. You, you might be the person trying to strengthen them, and God's using you to strengthen them, but they see you as the enemy. When somebody tells me I can't, I just remember this scripture that says I can. Well, you can't do that. Well, then the Bible must be wrong. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. So can you. So let's live a life of vision, purpose. Again, I go back to every goal or every year, we should have a goal and a dream, personal growth. I want to grow personally in my relationship with God. I want to grow in relationships that I have, beginning with my wife, my kids, my family. I want to grow in those relationships. It doesn't matter how bad they've been. doesn't mean they have to stay that way. So, God, I'm asking you to help those things grow. God, I'm asking you to make me a better servant in 2020. God, who am I serving that cannot help me back? Am I doing something for someone that has no way of repaying me? Who am I serving? Where am I serving? How am I serving? Ask yourself those questions as you prepare your goals for this year. What Giving. God... Financially, how am I responding to your word financially? So I've really crossed the line with politics and money. I know you don't talk about either of those, but I do. Because I know that if I don't, nobody else is going to. And want what God wants for you. And so I want what God wants for you. I would above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. That's what John said. That's my prayer for everyone. I would above all things, above all things, that you prosper and be in health in every area. Prosperity doesn't just mean money. I want to prosper in my physical health. I want to prosper in the way I think. I want to prosper in the way I feel. I want to prosper in the area of finances. I want to prosper in the area of relationships. I want to prosper... I want to be better. I want to, I want to be different in 2020 than I was in 2019. And I've got so much growth left. I mean, there is no ceiling space with uh, limitations with God. We can just keep growing. What, wouldn't it be wonderful, the person that you think of right now that you least like? Like you, you, 
you would go to the funeral to celebrate, not mourn. The day would come when you would say, I just love them so much. Just make that your goal. I'm going to love them this year. I just really killed this sermon right now. Not a grand takeoff or landing. That was just messed up. But identify that person and say, this year, they may never know it, but in my heart of hearts, I make it my goal to love them and pray for them like they were my best friend. Woo! That takes Christianity to a whole new level. That's kind of Jesus stuff right there. Since that's Jesus stuff, bow your heads. Close your eyes. Father, thank you. That you never give up on us and we're never going to give up on people and we're not going to give up on dreams and we're not going to pout and we're not going to walk away. God, we're going to stay strong in our faith. We're going to be obedient. We're going to be willing. God, we're going we're to focus this year on things that, that bless you, that glorify you, that honor you and help others, God. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to ask all of you to pray this prayer with me. We don't want anyone to ever leave without the opportunity to receive Jesus or recommit their lives to him. So pray this with me. Say, Father God, thank you so much for sending your only son to die on the cross for my sin. Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me. Today I give my life to you. I repent of my sin. I call on your name. And I declare, according to your word, I am saved. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, please text the word SAVED to 405-500-1310. Hello, this is Pastor Mark Crow. I just want to take a quick moment to thank you for joining us online. We hope you have a blessed week this week and get to be a blessing to those around you. I want to invite you to join us at Mosaic Church OKC next week at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. or join us online. God bless you.